Hello, everyone. Good day. Welcome to One with Sue. I'm your host, the Urbanese. A special thank you to all of you, all of you guys who make it the point to listen to every episode just when I use it. It means so much to me that I have people who are waiting for the episodes to drop, and then when it does, they just say, like, it's, it's surreal. People want to hear me speak. Apart from those of you who I spam <laughs> in my contact, I'm spamming you're not part of this because I'm forcing you to listen. But all the same, all the same. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. We are participation in this, this thing I'm trying to do. For today's topic, I would try to make it simple by explaining everything I have to chops so i have to go to classical music and this nomenclature and its perception so there are a lot of things that would be definition of classical music why it's called classical music how to a bit of how to listen to classical music perception people have about classical music and classical music in relation to other genres okay so as a music enthusiast for the most part of my life, there's always been the question in my mind as to why the genres of music seem to exist independently from each other, but at the same time share surprising similarities. The first conclusion I came to was that everyone is biologically conditioned to respond to music in a unique way, be it how we relate what you are listening to to our own personal life experiences or memories or you know things we've seen around right so for example a lot of us would listen to black uh black or white by Michael Jackson right and then have immediate nostalgia about childhood some of us listen to some classical pieces like uh, the last time I was talking about dreams and all of that. But it could be it's it's very, very subjective to everyone. A personal one maybe Lathmosa by Mozart. A very cliched example I know, but that's what comes to mind. What that's what comes to mind And uh Lacrimosa would remind me of a time where I felt, you know, a bit down, a bit engulfed by grief, terror, something like that, overwhelmed. So everyone is biologically conditioned, but some musical expressions are experienced the same way. Some rhythmic patterns, which I recently learned Follows a biological function called a chart and treatment. Sorry, and it's it's exhibited by most animals in response to particular rhythmic movements. So we have this house EDM beat, right? You tap your feet, move your head, cock your head left to right. You know, it's it's a biological response. Something that is part of your conditioning. 
Now, the second thing that I came, to, I came across was the issue of complexity, right? The issue of complexity is complex in itself. <laughs> and so let me start from this point. The general definition, as I said here many times, classical music is that it's often characterized by formality and complexity in its musical form and harmonic organization, particularly with the use of polyphony. What is, is distinct about polyphony is that apart from the fact that it's changed the course of musical form like entirely, you know, from the days when it started in the Renaissance period, uh, the is a Hildegard, the Hildegard, Hildegard's mass, all of that. You know, from the days that Bach and Handel then started counterpoints and fugue and all of that. You, we, we, we really appreciated, come to appreciate what polyphony is as harmony, right? Where all the parts are sort of distinct from each other, but come together, all come together to make meaning awesome. Simplest definition I can give. And so it will be important, however, to look at three general genres of music. Let me just put everything into three general genres popular music, folk music and classical music. Looking at these genres, right, we could define them through various various means, right? But let's let's look at them in terms of complexity, literacy, and appeal. You already established the complexity of classical music where it needs to have a certain degree of form and structure, right? And the, my metrics for defining form structure would come from the days of Mozart and Haydn, where they particularly developed the sonata form and developed the tonal and modal movements, chord structure, melody, and all of that. And so, that is what I mean by distinct structure and form. This is not to say, however, that popular music is not, you know, structured in the certain sense that echoes the certain sense that classical music is. Because the general idea of popular music is that it is recognizable. It's supposed to have a recognizable form and, and a catchy rhythm pattern, right? Now, coming back to structure, there are so many examples that I could give popular music that counters counter, uh, what I earlier said about complexity and form that makes classical music stand out. An example is Bohemian Rhapsody. And you see with, with Bohemian Rhapsody, what Freddie Mercury and his guys do is that the 
Now, I, I, I wouldn't even know where to start from with Bohemian Rhapsody because, well, you could say he was, he was really high when he wrote it or when they wrote it, but, or whatever, they wrote it in a, it wasn't so statically and some, some bits are just like words jumbled together, but the overall structure of Bohemian Rhapsody is very, very intentional. You see them start from that and then go all the way the easy go easy come all of that's there you know and then come back again to that mellow like you know free flowing recognizable chord parts so there's structure a lot in classical in popular music in folk music so with folk music, what you have is music that is associated with a particular society, a particular group of people. And mostly folk music is not written down or it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been taught in class or something. It's mostly it's mostly um, sent down through generations by like oral means, like hearing it in the community that you brought in. And so we have Western folk music, have the, I mean, the American folk, have British, Scottish, so many African, in, in African folk music, West African folk music. Central African folk, there are lots of African folk music, and they are all distinct in their own ways. And it's not particularly focused on a certain, you know, predictable form or structure or anything of that sort. Well, not until recently, where we've had folk music studied in school, and um, now you can see a certain pattern of how folk music is or what's written or how it should go or something like that. It, it, it's, give, it's been given a distinct color and distinct tone to its now. Every country or every culture is folk music. You could say because of education. In terms of literacy, it's, it's argued, it's, uh, you can argue it. You can argue it out a lot that you you need to be musically you need to be a musical literate, right? You need to know how to read music to be able to play classical music. And not the same goes for the other genres that I've mentioned as popular folk music. That's the original argument. But again, this this argument would not stand today because of education, because of globalization, right? Because what you see, for instance, Bohemian Rhapsody, let me keep using Bohemian Rhapsody so I don't make it very, but Bohemian Rhapsody has, like, it has a well-written-out sheet music. It has a well-written-out sheet music. It has a clear, clearly structured instructions on these sheets, sheets music that if you are not musically trained, 
or in air quotes, classically trained, you may not be able to be. And from at least the biopic of Bohemian Rhapsody, the 2018 biopic, you, you, you could tell that Freddie Mercury grew up studying classical music and he played back and the like. Well, I may be confusing it with Rocketman, something, or another movie like that. I'm pretty sure he had fundamentals in Western classical music. And so, again, the argument that was that. I'll come to a very sensible conclusion. Let me cook. Okay. So, we can look at it with appeal to these three forms and how you know they are independent or dependent on each other. With appeal, we can look up you can look at it from the angle of context. Now, classical music, for example, has come a long, right? Had medieval music, had Renaissance music, had Baroque music, classical music, romantic music, 20th century music, modern music, contemporary music, so many, so many, so many. So it's this it's quite the same and maybe a bit unfair uh, to say maybe I went to a concert and we're playing Vorax Symphony uh, and I did enjoy it so I hate classical music it's, it's the same as, as listening to the Beatles and then listening to the 1974 or the neighbor and expecting the same kind of things from them in terms of kicks and lyrical preferences and all of that because the Beatles and 1974 and the neighborhood are from different different areas right we are from different times so it's important to note that these groups that have been mentioned are just from the rock genre so you can imagine the other genres too in relation to each other. They couldn't be more apart yet the same, right? All of this sounds very, 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 very complex and confusing, but let me cook. We are getting there. And so definitely the music of Mozart and of Debussy and of Chet Baker. Okay, maybe that's a stretch. But you get what I'm trying to say. The music of these guys may not necessarily make, are not, just may not, they are not the same age. They are very far apart in terms of years between them and historical events that happened between them that inspired the, the, the kind of the form or the way the music hits, right? So it's it's not it's not all the same. That's the point I'm trying to. And even though there's a certain perception, now we are to perception. There's a certain perception about classical music and how it's supposed to sound like we we have seen now with modern and contemporary classical music, especially with film music. And with, you know, more modern contemporary opera, that classical music can be a lot more free, right? A lot more 
you know, relatable. If you don't understand talent, I would expect you to listen to an Italian opera and say, ooh, that's classical music and it's Italian and it's far from me and so I don't get it. Like, there is more. If you give yourself a chance, you'd find it. Yes, so the nomenclature of classical music is something that has baffled me for a long time. Why classical music is called classical Right, it's something that has been on my mind. So it is something. And classical music, in the general sense, or that is what I have spoken about between the ages of 1730 and 1830 and so on, 1750 to 1830. Between those ages, between that time, it's popular with composers like uh, Mozart, you know. Those guys, right? Hiding. But what, why is it called classical music? And why has that name been attributed to as a general umbrella name for all forms of music or for, for the you know, music you know what I'm talking about, right? And it's generally because of the perception. Or the, not even the perception, definition of the word classical right, is related to ancient Greek or Roman art or literature. And, you know, the concept of classical, more often, is supposed to be synonymous with ancient music, emerged based on principles of formality, right? and um, excellence and structure and those kind of things, right? You know how elitist and you know how there was a clear divide between upper class and middle class and lower class, all of that in the um, 18th century, you know, the industrial era and all of that. It's it's very, very well linked to quite classical music. It's called classical music because unfortunately in that age, classical music or the, 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 the listing of classical music was mostly done by the upper class. And so the name classical music, when the, the, the nomenclature of the forms of music or when other forms of music were springing up, the name classical music was called classical music, was given to all those, you know, Baroque music, classical music, romantic music, all of it was because of the, the people who listened to it. Right, and, and it has stuck, and now we all we, we still call it classical music to refer to all forms of classical music, right? <laughs> ah, well, this is okay, it's not so what I'm reading myself, why I'm making a point. I really need your feedback on this, and that's what I've called this part one. Hopefully, in part two, I will bring someone very, very special, and um, yeah, we would. Maybe he would help me to to understand more of what I'm saying because, like, it it's so some bits are still a bubble by being at me the point. So I will draw the curtains here to part one, and hopefully we have both learned something useful from this session. It's very informative, very very dense. 
and I believe I've fulfilled my purpose at least for this part. So, yes, listen, share, subscribe, download, like, rate, and come back for more. Keep coming back because this is what we do. And yeah, for the love of classical, I'll see you person. Thanks for sticking with me and um, yeah, bye.